In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Brethren in Christ, Laudetu Jesus Christus Secula. This is Timothy Flanders of the Meaning of Catholic. Jesus is King. Ladies and gentlemen, the doctor is in, Dr. Mazza. How are you doing, brother? I am too anointed to be disappointed. Excellent. Excellent. That's right. Dr. Mazza is with us once again, announcing his fall semester. And we've got a great show planned today. This is going to be a response to Dr. Syngenis and his perspective on Fatima, which is contained in his book, Fatima Fulfilled But Still Foreboding. And if you go to the links below, you'll find all of Dr. Syngenis' uh, arguments on this, including a he has a, a text that he wrote in response to the Fatima Center, which has further references and whatnot. So uh, this is going to be a response to Dr. Syngenis by Dr. Maza. And we've already talked to Dr. Syngenis, so he's aware we're we're making this video. And, and so this is a um, in the spirit of gentlemanly debate, uh, as we've been uh, promoting about Fatima. I'm, I mean, if Catholic, this is just part of uh, a series of videos that we've done just debating all different aspects of Fatima and allowing different perspectives to be presented. So Dr. Maz is going to present one of those perspectives. Uh, but before we get into that, what is going on with the fall semester at Dr. Maza Academy? Well, I am psyched because uh, starting the end of September and running for the next three months, we're going to be doing church history in the 20th century as well as a separate course on world history in the 20th century. We're essentially gonna go from Our Lady of Fatima in 1917 to Our Lady of Akita in 1973. And we're actually running a special right now. Normally the courses are 300 each, but if you sign up now, you can get both courses for just 450. Uh, and online, if you go to edmundmaza.com, that's where you can see the silly bus and that's where you can uh, register and we're really going to be hitting all the highlights right uh Pope Pius the 11th Pope Pius the 12th John the 23rd Paul the 6th uh the whole modernist infiltration of the church the Novus Ordo uh we're going to go into detail about Vatican II we're going to name names and that's church history and then world history we're going to start with the Russian Revolution go into all the details on that and how, as Our Lady of Fatima said, Russia would spread her errors throughout the world, causing, for example, World War II. Gonna talk about the Cold War, uh, gonna talk about uh, uh, Hollywood, which is not very holy, and the sexual revolution, uh, the left, Antonio Gramsci to Saul Alinsky, and we're gonna finish with Roe versus Wade because we're coming up on the 50th anniversary of that unfortunate uh, decision. This is excellent. I, this is this is top notch. I, I wish I had more time on my hands to sign up for this course, Dr. Mazza, because it would be tons of fun. Uh, just to emphasize, emphasize, emphasize for viewers, this this course is is this is like a thousand dollar value. This is how much you'd, you'd pay a thousand bucks at some Marxist university to get an education like this, but you can get it for something like three hundred dollars. This is a steal, and you're actually going to get the truth out of it too. So. Sign up at 
edmundmaza.com. Uh, so uh, 20th century church history and world history. Uh, so these are the two courses for the fall semester? Exactly. Uh, we may be running an ad, a special Advent course, but I haven't quite put that together. So you'll have to have me awesome. back so I can let the folks oh, yeah. know about that. <laughs> will do. Will do. <laughs> Excellent. Well, so everybody, make sure you sign up for the uh, Dr. Maza University courses uh, here. So Dr. Maza is a, an academic. He has has worked in the university as a university professor. So this is university level education to for you viewers um were you at which which university did you teach at dr maza you know it's a funny thing oh, uh, timothy i i've never been to catholic school um I've, I've always been to public schools uh i went to queen's college for my bachelor's which is part of the city university of new york and then i went on to get my uh, phd from the graduate school of the city university of new york Okay, and then where did you teach? Uh, first, I taught uh, as a an adjunct. You know that means part time professor in New Jersey, and then uh, then after that, I taught for goodness fourteen years at Azusa Pacific University here in Southern California, which is actually an evangelical Christian school. So they tolerated me for fourteen years. <laughs> All right, excellent. <laughs> well, they're very tolerant, I guess. All right, well, let's get into the topic. Um, the, the basic thesis of Sungenis is Pius XII consecrated Russia in sort of these two different um, times. He consecrated the world during World War II, which helped end the World War II. And then he consecrated Russia imperfectly. But he, he notes that there was this revelation where our Lord basically cut a deal with, Luch, uh, with Lucia uh, to basically accept an imperfect consecration in order to fulfill the promise that he had made originally about the consecration. And then Nusinogenes then notes that there were no other apparitions after this time. Thus, he asserts that basically after this, Lucia is kind of just giving her own opinion. There's no message from heaven. So that, in a nutshell, that is Sungenis' right. thesis. Again, there's more, just to be fair to him and his perspective, the links below will provide you with a fuller perspective and all of his evidence for that. Uh, so Dr. Mazza, do you want me to pull up the quotes right now or you just want to go um, ahead? Go ahead. You can, you can pull up the, the first quote. I just want to start off by saying, you know, how much I respect Dr. Sungenis. And I mean, he's obviously the top tier. He's, he's the top of the top tier when it comes to uh, Catholic apologetics. So he's the author of something like 50 books. So I've got the greatest respect in the world for him. Uh, let me establish my own bona fides for why I can speak specifically to this topic. I have been researching and writing on the Fatima message for the last 33 years. Uh, I am proud to say that I met with Father Nicholas Gruner, the late Father Gruner, uh, at least five times uh, during that period, and I actually had the pleasure of interviewing him. Uh, and uh, my wife and I even organized a conference in Rome uh, in honor of Our Lady a few years back. Um, so again, uh, with all due respect to Dr. Sengenis, I, I think that I can weigh in on this subject. And you're right, as I understand his thesis, and I understand it from watching the June 23rd Meaning of Catholic show multiple times that you did with him, as I understand his thesis, our Lord accepted Pope Pius XII's October 31st, 1942, consecration of the world 
Uh, and so the period of peace, right, promised by Our Lady at Fatima in 1917, according to Dr. Sinjanis, that began with World War II ending sooner than it otherwise would have. In other words, he argues that the promised peace uh, came starting in 1945. Now, Dr. Sinjanis bases this claim on uh, our Lord's words to Sister Lucia, which uh, she conveyed twice in 1943. And, and later on in the show, um, we'll call up those quotes and we'll, we'll go through them. But what I wanna look at right now is um, the quote, the first quote I, I sent you, um, and that is from 1917, July 13th, 1917, um, the famous uh, vision and, and message that Our Lady gave to the children. As a matter of fact, it was 80 years ago this month in August of 1941 that Sister Lucia wrote her third memoir in which she described the famous apparition of July 13th, 1917, when the Virgin revealed the three secrets to the children. So let's go through the July 13th apparition. Mary told the children, God wishes to establish in the world devotion to my immaculate heart. If what I say to you is done, many souls will be saved and there will be peace. The First World War is going to end. If people do not cease offending God, a worse one will break out during the reign of Pius XI. When you see a knight illumined by an unknown light, know that this is the great sign given you by God that he is about to punish the world for its crimes by means of war, famine, persecutions of the church and of the Holy Father. To prevent this, I shall come to ask for the consecration of Russia to my Immaculate Heart and the communion of reparation on the first Saturdays. Now, as she continues speaking, note the order in which these things are supposed to happen. She says, if my requests are heeded, Russia will be converted and there will be peace. If not, she will spread her errors throughout the world, causing wars and persecutions of the church. The good will be martyred. The Holy Father will have much to suffer. Various nations will be annihilated. Now, at that point, the text breaks off because Our Lady begins to talk about the third secret. Uh, in fact, we have one line from that, right? In Portugal, the dogmas of the faith will be preserved. And then after the part about the third secret, it finishes, Our Lady finishes by saying, in the end, my immaculate heart will triumph. And again, note the order. The Holy Father will consecrate Russia to me and she will be converted and a period of peace will be given or granted to the world. So what's my commentary on this? Well, according to Our Lady of Fatima, if her requests, the Pope and bishops to consecrate Russia to her Immaculate Heart and the five Saturday devotion are promulgated, then Russia will be converted and there will be peace. If not, Russia will spread her errors throughout the world, causing wars and persecutions of the church. The good will be martyred. The Holy Father will have much to suffer. Various nations will be annihilated. In other words, and, and again, this is, this is kind of simple. Um, in other words, what did Mary say the absence of peace 
would consist of, right? The absence of peace will consist of the following. Russia will spread her errors throughout the world, causing wars and persecutions of the church. The good will be martyred. The Holy Father will suffer. Various nations will be annihilated. Well, as an historian, right, what happened from 1945 to, let's say, 1995? Precisely that. Russia spread her errors throughout the world, causing wars and persecutions of the church. The good were martyred, the Holy Father suffered a lot, and various nations were annihilated. Now, I could give examples now, or I could give examples later, but the conclusion is our Lord's words about World War II ending sooner does not refer to the promised period of peace for the reasons I just outlined. Do you want to comment on that or? Oh, no, just keep on going. I'll, I'll have comments. Okay. So that, first of all, that's, that's the first thing. It's right there in the message. What we should expect if her requests are not, are not listened to. Okay. We, we know what's going to happen. And again, I can give more examples later. Um, let me get into the second reason why I think Dr. Sengenis has misunderstood uh, the message of Fatima here. The message of Fatima centers on the triumph of Mary's Immaculate Heart, and specifically with regard to Russia. And that's like a, a cause, and the effect uh, are world wars ending and uh, things, uh, how should I put this? Uh, I think there's a mix up here with cause and effect. Uh, so let me go through this. Uh, again, July 13th, 1917, Our Lady of Fatima told Lucia, Jacinta, and Francisco the following, right? The, the war is going to end, right? The First World War. If people do not stop offending God, a worse one will break out during the pontificate of Pope Pius XI. Well, what do we just learn there? World War I, she said, was going to end. But just because the war was ending, that was not the promised peace, the period of peace that she promised to give to the world. Even though for 20 years, there were no world wars. If the point of Fatima was stopping world wars, God would have sent Our Lady in 1914 and not 1917, if that makes sense. Um, so the remedy to bring about the triumph of Mary's Immaculate Heart, which is intimately connected to the period of peace, is specifically the consecration of Russia. Now, the remedy to bring about the end of war and that sort of peace is, number one, the, uh, the recitation of the rosary, and in the case of Pius XII, the consecration of the world to Mary's Immaculate Heart. So let me go through each one. If we look at all of Mary's apparitions to the children from May 13th to October 13th, 1917, in each apparition, I'll, I'll go through them really quickly. May 13th, Our Lady said, recite the rosary every day in order to obtain peace for the world and the end of the war. June 13th, Our Lady said, pray the rosary every day. July 13th, 
continue reciting the rosary every day in honor of Our Lady of the Rosary in order to obtain peace in the world and the end of the war because only she can help you. August 19th, Our Lady said, continue to continue praying the rosary every day. Saint Joseph will come on October 13th with the child Jesus to give peace to the world. September 13th, Our Lady said, continue to pray the rosary in order to obtain the end of the war. And finally, October 13th, Our Lady said, I am the Lady of the Rosary. May you continue always to pray the rosary every day. The war is going to end and the soldiers will soon return to their homes. Now, what did she mean by soon? Because the war didn't end for another year and a month, right? Well, Our Lady said that she would take Jacinta and Francisco to heaven soon. But Francisco died one year and 10 months later, and Jacinta died two years and eight months later. So actually the soldiers did return home soon. They, that was the soonest of all of those three predictions. So um, what I hope people can see here is that um, Our Lady said the war is going to end and, and it's gonna end because people prayed the rosary, but that period of peace, right, from 1918 to 1938, that's not the promised peace that's going to come with the triumph of the Immaculate Heart through the consecration and conversion of Russia. Um, does that make sense? Now, here, here's, a, here's an objection to what you're saying, and that is, if we look at the context of just 1917 to 1945, we do see that one, well, we can, everyone can agree that the requests were not heeded. Uh, but we do see during this period the spreading of errors throughout the world and the causing of persecutions. In particular, uh, Mexican Christendom is attacked directly, Spanish Christendom is attacked directly uh, in the most wicked way. People are being murdered, just like in the French Revolution, you know, nuns and priests butchered on the streets by communists. And this is instigated through Soviet influence. And so could we not say that uh, the Russia is doing the very thing that was predicted? Um, and and there is ultimately that that punishing war, uh, which we could we could talk about the Spanish Civil War as one thing as the prelude then to mm -hmm. the Second World War. Um, but then if we compare the relative war war relative to you know that what, what does the common person know that the world is at war P common person knew that the world was at war in the 1940s you know whereas after that there are wars there are persecutions there are russia's spreading errors but relative to this period would you not say that it is a lot worse in uh these particular persecutions and you know the world war if you want to go by the body count and if you want to go by russia spreading her errors it got worse after 1945, not better. But my original point, and I can go into more detail later if you want on the point you just raised, but my basic answer here is Dr. Syngenis claims that because Pius XII consecrated the world to Mary's Immaculate Heart, he promised to shorten the days of World War II, and somehow that is the promised peace 
that Our Lady promised would happen if the consecration of Russia was done by the Pope together with all the bishops. And what I'm trying to say is that just because our Lord said, um, I'm going to shorten the days of the war and there's going to, the soldiers will go home. So he didn't say this, but you know, you shorten the war, the soldiers come home soon. That was not the first time that our Lord or our lady spoke about the war coming to an end soon. They, they said the same thing about world war one, but that didn't mean that Mary's triumph and the, the real period of peace was going to break out just because world war two ended or just because world war one ended. You see where I'm going with this. Mm -hmm. Um, sure. And then maybe this, maybe this is a good time to bring up the second quotes that I sure. gave you. So, um, as I understand it, again, from watching the June 23rd Meaning of Catholic with Dr. St. Janice, um, he is arguing that because our Lord uh, condescended to shorten the days of World War II, um, as a result of Pope Pius XII making a consecration of the world uh, with no direct mention of Russia and without the involvement of the bishops, um, he believes that that's the fulfillment of the triumph of, uh, of the peace that Mary promised in 1917. Where's he getting this from? Well, there are two quotes. Uh, they're both from Sister Lucia. The first one is from February 28th, 1943, just a few months after Pius did the consecration. Um, and it's to the Bishop of Gurza, and Lucia writes, the good God has already shown me that he is pleased by the act, meaning the consecration of the world, even though incomplete, not Russia, right? Accomplished by the Holy Father, Pius XII, and by several bishops. And Lucia says, Jesus promises in return to put an end to the war soon. Now, when heaven says soon, as we've seen before, that, that generally means a year and a half, two years, two and a half years, and that is, is what happened, okay? Um, the conversion of Russia is not for now. If the bishops of Spain take into account our Lord's desires and undertake a true reform among the people and clergy, good. If not, Russia will again be the enemy through which God will chastise them. The good Lord, let me stop there. So just a tangential remark here. Another reason why this, by Jesus, you know, shortening the period of World War II is not the promised peace that will come from the triumph of the Immaculate Heart, as Our Lady said in 1917, is because uh, there's still a threat out there, right? If she, Lucia writes, uh, if, you know, if, if the bishops of Spain don't get their act together and reform the people and the clergy, then Russia will again be the enemy through which God will chastise the Spanish people, right? Just like the Spanish Civil War that you spoke of earlier, which is a topic we'll, we'll be covering, obviously, in my full uh, world history course. Um, and then a second tangential point here, our Lord's uh, Sister Lucia says, the good Lord does not manifest this to me by means of apparitions. It is by means of an intimate and intense feeling of his presence in my soul. Now, I wouldn't want to belabor this point, but we should point out that messages like Lourdes and Fatima 
Catholics don't accept them with the same level of certitude the way we do sacred tradition and sacred scripture. Now, to the extent that we do accept the revelation of Fatima, I would argue when Our Lady actually appears to multiple people and speaks to multiple people like Lucia, Jacinta, Francisco, I think that carries a little bit more weight than when a seer says, well, Jesus manifested himself to me not by means of apparitions, but by an in intimate and intense feeling of his presence in my soul. Uh, I'm just saying that's a lesser degree of certitude, let's say. And I, I don't want to hammer that point too yeah, hard. Yeah, that's valid. That, that seems okay. reasonable. Uh, okay. I, just, I just wanted to add, too, with your first tangential point, because it, that's interesting that you say that, because God seemingly did punish Spain again, mm -hmm. because after Franco, the Marxists took over Spain, and now Spain is st suffering under Marxist dominion. That's a good as yeah. is the United States. So we, we could see seemingly another punishment or chastisement out of that, perhaps. Yeah. Um, but uh, shout out to all of our Spanish brethren. Uh, love Spain. Anyways, Amen. yes, good, but um, good point about um, but the apparitions. Now, let me run quickly through the second quote. Um, just a few months later, May 4th, 1943, Lucia writes to Father Concalves and... Um, she says to him, uh, by the order of his excellency, the bishop, um, I had to communicate a brief message from our Lord for the bishops here in Spain to the Archbishop of Valladolid and another for the Bishop of Portugal. Let us hope they all hear the voice of the good Lord. He wishes that the bishops of Spain gather in a retreat and draw up a plan of reform for the people, the clergy, and the religious orders. Because some convents, and then apparently uh, the rest of the manuscript has not been shared with us because it probably it's scandalous to hear the way that probably the clergy are lacking and the, and the laity are lacking. Uh, she goes on to say, do you understand? Jesus wishes that it be made clear to souls that the true penance he now desires and demands before anything else, the sacrifice that each one of us must endeavor to make in order to fulfill his own religious and temporal duties. Now, because of the act of the, of the consecration, right, of the world, made by his holiness, again, Pius XII, without all of the bishops, he, Jesus, promises that the war will end shortly. But again, there's a caveat, right? But since it was incomplete, the conversion of Russia will be postponed. And if the bishops of Spain do not heed his wishes, it, Russia, will once again uh, be the scourge with which God will punish them. Um, so as I see that, um, again, uh, that's not the promised triumph of Our Lady's Immaculate Heart, the promised peace that is supposed to break out. Um, shall I move on to my next point? Well, yeah, that it, it seems to really be striking on the Spanish Civil War. He, she's really making mention of that because at this time, this, at this very moment in 1943, Spain is really trying to recover itself from this bloodbath of the communists supported yeah. by the Soviets and America will say as well, yeah. the American and Soviet empires were on one side of that against the church in one of the worst uh, persecutions of the church uh, at that, since that time in the century. So uh, certainly 
a propos for her to mention that. Please continue. Okay, so um, again, uh, Dr. Sengenis made it very clear uh, when he was on your show that uh, that period of peace that Mary promised would happen originally when she said the consecration of Russia, but according to Sengenis, now that the consecration of the world is done, uh, that's going to start breaking out in 1945. And he said, you know, hey, look what happened after the war. Uh, you know, Khrushchev backed down and, um, you know, we, we won the Cuban Missile Crisis, so to speak. And then there was detente. And, and just, just a quick note yeah. before we move on to that. Eric sure. S. is asking, where do we find these letters? Ah, so glad you the, asked. Where are the full <laughs> English translations of these? I'm assuming they're in Portuguese right. uh, original language. So in 1973... Uh, the Memoirs and Letters of Sister Lucia was published. And it was published in English, in French, in various languages uh, from the original uh, Portuguese. Um, and so subsequently, uh, sites like the Fatima Center and other you know, websites uh, will have those quotations, those, those letters. Uh, one of the first books in English to have these these letters, uh, the ones that we just read, uh, published in English, was a, a little booklet called Exciting Fatima News, uh, which came out in uh, 1975 by a father, Pel Joseph A. Pelletier. Pellet he was, I guess he was Canadian, Pelletier. Um, now, he was a Fatima expert. He wrote the book, The Sun Danced at Fatima, uh, in uh, 1954, I believe, or 51. And then he wrote Fatima, Hope of the World in 1954. And, and later on, I'm gonna say a little bit more about him, but I'll just point out right now, uh, here is a Fatima expert who, you know, as late as 1975, who, who never came out and said what Syngenis says, that the peace already happened. We've already been given it. He never said it. Father Gruner never said it. Father Robert Fox never said it. To my knowledge, John Haffert of the Blue Army never said that. So you've got these giants of the Fatima movement, experts, and they never claimed anything like what St. Genesis is claiming. As far as I know, he's the first one to, to come out with this thesis and claim this. He, he's he's really the first one. I thought it came from – I thought it wasn't it to like um... – the Diamond Brothers or the Set of Contest or somebody? I thought that they oh, were. I thought uh, they were promoting this a while back. Am I wrong yeah, about that? I I could be wrong. Okay, but, tell, uh, tell us in the chat if if, <laughs> if anyone knows if if Sujenis is the yeah. first or if it's uh, if it's been promoted before. Because I, I I thought it was, but I'm not really current on my yeah. Sedai literature. So, um, okay. Anyway, well, well in yeah. answer, you I think you actually pressed him on this point and said, well, you know who. Who has confirmed this, or who said this? And he, he, he just, he just said, "Well, our Lord, take it up with our Lord." I mean, he told Sister Lucia that he was going to shorten the war uh, because of what Pius did. So, if you got a problem with that, take it up with the Lord. Well, um, let's go through briefly um, some words from Sister Lucia regarding uh, whether or not Saint Genis is right, right? Because according to him. Uh, 1945, end of World War II, that's it. That's the period of peace that we've been given. Okay, we can argue how long that period of peace lasted, but that's when it started, right? All right, 
July 15th, 1946, right, one year after the war ended, uh, in an interview with William Thomas Walsh, Sister Lucia, here's the, here's the book, the famous book, Our Lady of Fatima by William Thomas Walsh. So he interviews her in 46, and this book is published in 47. All right, at the end of the book, the very last pages, Sister Lucia declares, what Our Lady wants is for the Holy Father and all the bishops to consecrate Russia to her immaculate heart in a special ceremony. And again, notice the, the chronology here. Let me continue. This is Lucia talking. If the consecration is made, the Blessed Virgin will convert Russia and peace will reign in the world. Otherwise, Russia will spread her errors throughout the world. Now, wait a minute, hold the phone. If St. Genis is right, they've already had the promised peace for the past year. You see what I mean? Right, World War II ended in, in Europe in May of 45. It ended in the Pacific in September of 45. Now it's July of 46. And Lucia says, if the Pope and bishops don't have a special ceremony in which they consecrate specifically Russia, uh, if they do that, well, then peace will reign in the world. If not, Russia will continue spreading its errors. So you see, according to Lucia, nothing's changed. The, the so promised are, peace has not happened. So are you saying that there's, according to Lucy, there's kind of two pieces, yes. if you will? Is that what yeah. you're saying? There's there's kind of this there's war will than, end soon in in response to this incomplete revelation or in consecration. That's one piece, and then there's the promise of peace. That's the general peace. Is that what you're saying? Uh, exactly. In fact, there's more than two pieces. In fact, excuse me, just one second. I have to plug in my laptop before it uh, oh, dies sure. on me. <laughs> Forgive me. Yes, indeed. <clears throat> so. Um, We've got the because Sunjenis hinges his argument, as I understand him, on a separation, sort of this con this condescension of our Lord, uh, which separates the peace from the conversion of Russia. The only well, again, uh, against a fact, there is no argument. In in August nineteenth, nineteen seventeen. Mary says in October, St. Joseph is going to come with the child Jesus and bless the world with peace. So there have been multiple pieces, <laughs> but that's not the promised period of peace that will come with the triumph of her Immaculate Heart, which, and you more than most people know what a Roman triumph entails. <laughs> Uh. <laughs> a, little, a little plug for plug for my book. Thank you. With, with an endorsement from Ed Mazza, I should say, <laughs> on the on the you, back cover. You, you, you may want to remove that endorsement. You might get into more trouble with me than you than you'd care to. But let me continue with this, okay? Um, Professor Walsh reports, okay. This is again 1946, 1947. Lucy made it plain that Our Lady did not ask for the consecration of the world to her Immaculate Heart, which she demanded specifically was the consecration of Russia. Now, uh, Sister Lucia actually sent Walsh a letter 
but he received it too late to include it in the first edition of um, uh, Our Lady of Fatima, which came out in 1947. And so in, in a subsequent edition, he adds what she told him, and this is what she told him. The Holy Father has already consecrated Russia. I'll repeat that. The Holy Father has already consecrated Russia, including it in the consecration of the world. But it has not been done in the form indicated by Our Lady. I do not know whether Our Lady accepts it done this way as complying with her promises. Now that's the seer herself saying this. All right, so St. Genis, he says, well, you know, take it up with Jesus. He said, I'm going to end the war. That's it. That's the period of peace. Oh, wait, stop a minute here. The seer herself is in doubt as to what is the situation, right? If it was the promised peace, everybody's supposed to recognize that as a miracle. The miracle of Our Lady of Fatima is that she's going to give peace to the world, and the seer herself doesn't know if the Lord has accepted what Pius did in place of the consecration that Mary asked for. Furthermore, the following year, 1948, in his book, Vision of Fatima, Father Thomas McGlynn interviewed Sister Lucy. Actually, he interviewed her in 1947. The book came out in 48. And she was emphatic at correcting the consecration of the world to read consecration of Russia. She said, no, not the world, Russia, Russia. So Father McGlynn, his translator, asked her, do you think that Our Lady's request has been complied with? Now, according to St. Genis, what should Sister Lucia say? Of course, don't you get it? Jesus told me, I've accepted what Pius did. I shortened the war. Now you got your peace. That's not what she said. She said, uh, as Our Lady requested it, no. Whether Our Lady accepted the consecration made in 1942 as fulfilling her wish, I don't know. So <laughs> it, it, it's not as clear as day as St. Genis would suggest. But but I I thought Sigenis was was kind of only half saying that he he was he he does concede that the the consecration of forty three was imperfect and Lucia Lucia wanted the further mention of Russia that's why the nineteen fifties consecration happened and he's saying right. that that is the full at right. least that, well he he actually let me to be fair to him he doesn't he doesn't even say that this was the full Russian consecration he's he merely asserts that. It was accepted as such, not that it was. So he agrees that it wasn't the same form because we can I, all see that it wasn't the same and, form. But he is saying that it was accepted as such. And I I, I accept what he's saying in, in terms of uh, that it, we both agree it was incomplete. But he's putting the, car, uh, the cart before the horse and trying to say that the, the, the promised peace that was supposed to happen – if the Pope and the bishops consecrated Russia to Mary's Immaculate Heart, that triumph, that peace in the world, he says, happened starting in 1945, no question about it. That all you have to do is read what Sister Lucia wrote to those two clerics, February 1943, May 1943, and the only conclusion you can come to, and we've all been mistaken for decades, is that Jesus gave us the peace starting in 1945. Now, again, let me uh, give you two more examples real quick. A Dutch father, Umberto Iongen, 
interviewed Sister Lucia on the February 1946. And he said, did not Our Lady speak of the consecration of the world? And she says, no. And lastly, and this is a doozy, uh, there's an Italian work which was published under the auspices of the Italian bishops. And this came out in 1960. And it's called Il Pellegrinaggio della Meraville, which I guess is the, uh, the pilgrimage of the miracle, probably in English. Um, anyway, um, in that book, the following is printed in English, in translation. The Virgin Mary appeared to Sister Lucia in May 1952. May 1952, and said, quote, make it known to the Holy Father that I am always awaiting the consecration of Russia to my immaculate heart. And when I finish the second sentence, this is a doozy. Listen to this. Without the consecration, Russia will not be able to convert nor will the world have peace. 1952. So I don't buy it that from 1945 to 1952, we were already enjoying the period of peace promised at Fatima. No way. Okay, so that source right there needs to be impeccable. So tell us about this source. Uh, it's an Italian book published under the auspices. So... To my knowledge, nobody sure. disputes this source. You can find okay. it uh, on multiple websites. Um, it's uh, again. Well, I'll are they are they quoting? Is that a secondary voice talking right there when it says that, or is it Lucia herself talking and reporting what was said? Uh, do you uh, know what what that I, part is? As of today, I don't know, but I'm definitely going to research it, and okay. uh, maybe we can. You know, have a future sure. show where we well, talk yeah, about. Well, yeah, I mean, well, it seems that because, uh, yeah, like you said, that is a doozy. So it does seem to be uh, uh, supporting your case here. Um, so I, I would just, if that's an airtight source, <laughs> then, well, I, <laughs> I don't know how to object to that. I guess. Um, um, is there is there any? Um, how about this? Here's an objection. What about the objection that? God respond. I think Sunjenis does say this in his book. God responded according to the uh, basically the merit of our response. So the and Sunjenis agrees that the and we all agree that the consecrations in forty three and uh, the fifties were not complete, but that God responded to them in in the measure that they were done to him. So it, it what can you would you concede that or is it reasonable to say that there was a peace and there was a conversion, but it would have been a lot better if it was all done exactly according to plan? No. Uh, for Again, no Fatima expert from the 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s ever came out with what Syngenis is saying. Now, were they all clueless? Did they all miss this? God gave the world peace and nobody realized it. Is basically what it comes down to here. Um, uh, what, what, what did I want to say here? Um, again, the the there are different pieces. 
again, she, Our Lady from May to October 1917 said, please pray the rosary every day in order to obtain peace for the world. And she said, in October, St. Joseph is going to come with the child Jesus and bless the world with world peace. But that's not the same thing as consecrating Russia and the triumph of her Immaculate Heart, which is going to give the world that peace that is promised when Russia is no longer spreading her errors and, and doing what doing the devil's bidding, so to speak, okay? Um, maybe I could give another example here of what um, I'm driving at. Um, what we're expected to believe, if St. Genesis is right, is that the world, the peace that Mary promised would happen, it started in 1945, and it, you know, it lasted for a while, um, but that's precisely the time when Russia was persecuting um, religion. In fact, let, let's even, let's spice this up. Let's even throw in Ju uh, July 7th, 1952, when Pope Pius XII consecrates Russia, although he doesn't do it in a special ceremony, to my knowledge, and he doesn't include the bishops. But let's even throw that in there. Let's say that between Pius's consecration in 42 of the world and Pius's consecration in 52 of Russia, you know, again, all this without the participation of the bishops, let's just say that that was what Our Lady wanted and therefore peace came into the world. Uh, it doesn't make sense with the facts on the ground. Uh, in 1959, when uh, Nikita Khrushchev uh, got his hold on Russia at the 21st uh, Party Congress of the Communists that year, uh, they decided to start an anti-religious campaign now, would you expect an anti-religious campaign to be going on during the period of peace promised by Our Lady of Fatima because Russia was consecrated or the world was consecrated? Uh, I just read some statistics to you. Starting in 1959, there were mass closures of churches. For example, in 1959, there were 22,000 active churches in Russia. 22,000 in 1959. By 1960, there were only 13,000. By 1965, there were only 7,000. But this is the period of peace that Mary promised at Fatima. Was This is the triumph of her Immaculate Heart. This is the peace. Um, another thing that happened uh, was that the uh, there was the arrest and prison sentences to clergymen and monks. Uh, so for example, in 1958, there were 30,000 Orthodox clergy in Russia. Just three years later, there were only 8,000. And by 1974, there were less than 6,000. Oh, but this is the period of peace that Mary promised the world peace is coming. It doesn't make any sense. Here, here's the objection, I think, to that. Um, the When you look at the persecution of the Soviet empire, um, in persecuting the church both within the borders of the Soviet Empire and abroad from 1917 to 1945. Um, there is a, a vicious, vicious persecution within the empire and elsewhere. But in particular, the, the Catholic Russian church would have just come into existence in 1917. Right. Viciously persecuted, blessed Leonid, Leonid Fedorov dies in a Sib Siberian work camp. Um, but 
this vicious persecution, which really is, it starts to hit, hit a climax in the Spanish Civil War in particular, I would say. Um, so the, you first have the Lenin years, which is all like this massive sexual revolution happening. Then right. Stalin realizes that doesn't, doesn't even work with my bureaucracy, so I need to clamp down on that. But right. he's still doing the same thing. We have the Holodomir massacre, starvation of the Ukrainians and everything. Right. All this massive bloodshed. And then it's actually in 19, the 1940s when Stalin realizes that in order to defeat the Nazis, he actually actually has to give concessions to the church Correct. so that they can promote patriotism to actually get people to fight against the Nazis. And this, would you not say, I, I mean, here's the objection. This is the turning point in, in, in the Soviet history, because after this, as you're saying, there is still persecutions, obviously. But at this point, there's there is a, a revival, and Russians Russians are Christians to their very bones, and they can't they can't be they get can't get reprogrammed. <laughs> That's true. By the Marxists, and they just start to restore the church from the 1940s until today, even into the point where there is still. I, I mean, I would argue that there is still a uh, a linear progression. And it stumbles and it gets beaten back by the Marxists because they're trying to get back at them. But it is a revival that really hinges in the 1940s. That's the objection. What do you say to that? Two, two things. One, again, Our Lady said, if my requests are granted, one, Russia will be converted, two, and there will be peace. Right? But if not, if my requests are not heeded, there won't be peace, right? So what did she say the non-peace would look like? Her words, her exact words in 1917, July 13th, 1917, Our Lady's exact words are these. If not, she, Russia, will spread her errors throughout the world, causing wars and persecutions of the church. The good will be martyred. The Holy Father will have much to suffer. Various nations will be annihilated. That's what the non-peace looks like. You agree? She said, if my requests are not heeded, this is what we should expect. And guess what? From 1945 to 1995, that's precisely what happened in the world. Russia spread her errors throughout the world. You want to talk about the late 1940s? That's when Poland was swallowed up. And, and Poles were killed, and Czechs were killed, and Hungarians were killed, and Bulgarians were killed, and the church was persecuted, and Cardinal Mincenti was put in jail, right? When the East Germans were killed. You want to talk about the late 1940s? That's when the, 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 the uh, communists took over in China and murdered how many people, right? And then, if we again, according to St. Genis, if I'm understanding him right, the, the peace... It, 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 it starts in 45 because Pius consecrated the world in 42. And then maybe it picks up steam because in, in July of 1952, Pius actually consecrates Russia. But what do we see happening, for example, in China between 1959 and 1963? Do you know, you know how many people Mao Zedong killed, the Communist Party of China killed? We're talking yeah. about 40, 50 more than Stalin, million, right? more than Stalin. Yeah. That's a insane. good point. It's a good point with China. I think China is a... <laughs> and uh, how about the... I've got statistics here. How about the Korean War from, from 1950 to 1954? We got the Korean War going on, and that had... I, got, I looked it up, the casualties on this. 
All right, so um, Korea, the uh, median total estimated Korean civilian deaths in the Korean War is 2,730,000. All right, how about Vietnam? That's from 54 to 75. How many dead? 3,595,000. All right, how about Angola? These are all, you know, Russia spreading her errors throughout the world causing wars. Angola, 1975 to 2002, almost a million civilians killed and 4 million displaced, and 70,000 Angolans are amputees thanks to landmines. Um, that doesn't sound like world peace to me. How about Cuba? How about all the people dying uh, in, in the Cuban revolution and being thrown in dungeons and jails? Um, it's not a, for me, it's not a convincing argument. Okay. All right. Well, we've got about 10 more minutes. Any final thoughts or any questions the audience wants to address to Dr. Mazza? Uh, I don't, I don't have any yet. So oh. Dr. Mazza, if oh, you have okay. any final, yeah. final thoughts. Um, yeah, I, I, there was a couple more things I could, I could add here. And, and this is kind of important. I, I do, wouldn't want to miss this. Um, this will be like my last main point here. So I want to read you a quote, and this is from 1936, May 18th, 1936. A letter from Sister Lucia. Concerning the question whether it would be convenient to insist in order to obtain the consecration of Russia. She says, intimately, I have spoken to our Lord about this matter, and not too long ago, I asked him why he did not convert Russia without the Holy Father making the consecration. And Jesus says, because I want my whole church to acknowledge the consecration of Russia as a triumph of the Immaculate Heart of Mary so that it may extend its cult later and put the devotion to my mother's Immaculate Heart beside the devotion to my Sacred Heart. And Lucia says, but the Holy Father will never believe me, Lord, unless you yourself move him with a special inspiration. And Jesus replies, the Holy Father, pray very much for the Holy Father. He will do the consecration, but it will be late very late. Nevertheless, the Immaculate Heart of Mary will save Russia, uh, which has been entrusted to her. So as late as May 1936, our Lord is still looking for the consecration of Russia from Lucia and not the consecration of the world. And yet, in 1935, one year before, our Lord spoke not to Sister Lucia, but to Blessed Alexandrina da Costa. Have you ever heard of her? She was a Portuguese victim soul. Uh, in her youth, uh, in order to escape a sexual molestation, she jumped from a balcony and damaged her spine or she was bedridden the rest of her life. Um, and from the 1940s, um, uh, she w from 1938 to 1942, Alexandrina da Costa relived our Lord's passion on 182 occasions. She would go through the passion of our Lord. She was a, a victim soul. Our Lord appeared to her uh, one year before what I, the quote I just gave you from 1936 to Sister Lucia. And this is what Jesus says to Alexandrina. Say to your spiritual father, who in proof of the love that you dedicate to my most holy mother, 
I want an act of consecration of the world done every year on one of her holy days chosen by you, the assumption, the purification, or the annunciation, asking this virgin without stain of sin to embarrass and confuse the unclean so they back away and don't offend me. I ask you in the same way I ask St. Margaret Mary for the world to be consecrated to my divine heart so that it will be consecrated to her with a solemn holy day. Our Lord says this one year before he's talking to Lucia about the consecration of Russia. The two are separate. The mission to consecrate the world was the charism of blessed Alexandrina da Costa, also of Portugal. But the mission to consecrate Russia is the mission of Sister Lucia from also of Portugal. But the two are separate. Now, uh, the spiritual director of blessed Alexandrina in the late 1940s and 50s was uh, an Italian priest by the name of Father Umberto Maria Pasquale. Now, over the years, he wrote many books, and he was part of the uh, cause for her beatification, for Blessed Alexandrina's beatification. He published in 1980, all right, a book with the Portuguese title, Messengeria de, de Jesus para a Consagrado da Mundo, a Immaculado uh, Coracal de Maria, which I think in English would be translated as message of Jesus for the consecration of the world to the Immaculate Heart of Mary in 1980, 41 years ago. What does he say? Uh, in that, well, it's not a direct quote, but let me just read this. Um, the two requests, let me start here. Since during the same years that Sister Lucy had been petitioning the Vatican to obtain the consecration of Russia to Mary's Immaculate Heart, this consecration of the world was attributed to the requests of the seer of Fatima. Nevertheless, the two requests are distinct as are their origins. The consecration of the world was due to the requests and sufferings of Alexandra de Costa, the request for the consecration of Russia is part of the message of Fatima, which has been transmitted by Sister Lucy. So according to the spiritual director, Father Umberto Pasquale, who knew Blessed Alexandria, and he also knew Sister Lucia, he was in correspondence with her. He, uh, Father Umberto, during the 1960s and 70s, received over 100 letters from Sister Lucia, okay? He was of the opinion that the two messages are separate and distinct. Okay, sorry, sorry, I was muted there. <laughs> I can uh, I can keep blabbering here. But, oh, okay, <laughs> I can. Um, well, that's very interesting. I've never heard of those before. Yeah, no the the Blessed Alexandrina. I hope I'm saying her name right. Da Costa was uh, finally beatified in April of 2004. Uh, your publisher, Tan Books, uh, has had a wonderful book about her, uh, Alexandri Alexandrina da Costa, uh, back in the early 70s. It's been printed multiple, multiple times. Um, 
And um, so that was her charism. That was that was her thing to shorten the sufferings of of the people during World War II. But mm. again, according to Father Umberto and other Fatima experts, let me give you another Fatima expert. Because last time when Syngenis was on, he he's basically said that when Pope John Paul did the consecration of Russia in, two, in 1982, and then again in 1984, he kind of just did it without any real prompting. I and mean, it wasn't like somebody told him to do it. Well, as a matter of fact, uh, in November of 1981, um, the US Conference of Catholic Bishops, of all people, <laughs> uh, under the direction of Cardinal John Joseph Carberry, retired Bishop of St. Louis, he circulated a, a uh, documentation to his brother bishops in the United States and the bishops unanimously agreed to petition Pope John Paul II if he deemed it advisable and timely to undertake the collegial act of consecration of Russia. Now, unfortunately, in um, June of, of uh, uh, 1982, he didn't actually, or May of 1982, he didn't actually consecrate Russia, he consecrated the world and the same thing happened in 1984. Uh, but the point is, if world peace had broken out starting in 1945, and that's the period of peace, then why this uh, need for John Paul and uh, to consecrate Russia but by the bishops? Okay. They didn't right. get the memo. Right. And remember, our Lord said, I, I, when, our, when Sister Lucia asked him, uh, why don't you convert Russia without the Holy Father uh, and the bishops consecrating Russia? He says, because I want my whole church to acknowledge that as the triumph of the Immaculate Heart. Well, if the triumph of the Immaculate Heart happened, nobody got the memo. All right, all right. Um, here, here's my final objection. Um, is is simply the the body count. <clears throat> is, because if you look at World War II, I because I, I just looked it up, it's upwards of 85 million dead in this in world war ii and so when you compare that and, and and when you talk about the whole world understanding so the whole world understood at the end of world war ii the whole world understood that they had entered a period of peace and i don't think you would you'd probably dispute the fact that people understood that there's no more no longer a world war going on so there okay. people had a sense of that and when you look at the body count would would i mean isn't the body count relative to all these other wars, so much greater, so much more horrific, entire cities destroyed across the world. Isn't that way a, a totally different ball game than these sort of localized wars that you're talking about? Our Lady warned at Fatima that unless the Pope and all the bishops, she came in 1929 to uh, T-U-Y, uh, Spain. Uh, Sister Lucia was a nun. June 1929, she came and she said, I want, now is the time for the Pope and the bishops to consecrate Russia to my Immaculate Heart, right? And in 1917, she said, if they don't do that, Russia will spread her errors throughout the world causing wars. And that's what caused World War II in large part. It hit, you could argue that Hitler would never have come to power if, if he didn't have the communists as the bogeyman to run against or the Reichstag fire, right, was, was uh, probably done by the communists. And after the Reichstag fire, Hitler comes to power. Uh, and then during the first years of the war, 
It's Russia who gives their partner, Hitler, they were allies, all the rubber, all the steel, and the oil to bomb Britain, to invade France, to take over Belgium, to take over Poland. I, but to speed things up here, um, the body count after World War II, from 1945 to, let's say, 1995, is higher just in China alone than World War II. So it, it's been continuous since 1917, since one month after Our Lady appeared at Fatima, the final appearance, right? October 13th, 1917, Our Lady appears at Fatima. And that's when St. Joseph said he was going to give peace to the world. Remember that? What happened yeah. a month later? The Bolshevik Revolution, the Communist Revolution in Russia. And so from 1917 to 1945, so many Russians, million, tens of millions of Russians are killed. We get World War II, but from 1945 to 1995, the body count around the world due to the errors of Russia being spread is higher than World War II itself. So you can't win even on the body bag number. All right, all right, well, <laughs> that's a reasonable response. So uh, once again, Dr. Maza, everybody go and sign up for his courses, edmundmaza.com. And that's linked below. Uh, and once again, I, I, I know that I can speak for Dr. Mazza when I say that uh, we both respect Dr. Dr. Syngenis. And this is just offered as a gentlemanly debate. And uh, as we've already talked to Dr. Syngenis privately before this show, uh, he, he is totally open to coming on and talking more with Dr. Mazza on this subject. So we might do that in the future. Um, but in the meantime, uh, make sure you sign up for edmundmaz.com. Dr. Maz, any final thoughts or anything you want to say to close this out? Yes, uh, and I will try to be brief. Um, you know, people often dismiss Fatima as just a private revelation. And so I want to share a quote from Father Joseph de Saint-Marie, who actually wrote the speech that John Paul gave at Fatima in 1982. This is what he says. He says, if it is true that the nature of the act of faith is determined by the motive on which the act rests, we should conclude that a human faith is one resting on human testimony <clears throat> and that inversely, where a supernatural testimony of divine origin appears, the act of faith required will also be marked with a supernatural character. It will not be theological faith, um, which by definition can be demanded and founded only by the evangelical revelation proposed by the church, sacred tradition and sacred scripture. But neither will it be a purely human faith left to each one's free choice. To put it in simple terms, from the moment it is established that God is speaking to us by himself or by a messenger, his word justifies an act of faith which belongs in a certain manner to the supernatural order. His word is the basis of it and demands it. There is an obligation to believe and therefore to obey. Now, Father Gruner and, for example, Bishop Graber of Regensburg, who was a mentor to uh, Cardinal Ratzinger, Pope Benedict XVI, 
they both were promoting the idea that Fatima is not private revelation, it is public prophetic revelation. Therefore, and the reason why we're making such a big deal about this, whether or not her requests have been fulfilled and whether or not the period of peace has been given yet, is because the whole world will be enslaved by communist dictatorship unless the Pope and the bishops consecrate specifically Russia to Mary's Immaculate Heart. This is still, as far as I'm concerned, this is still, everything is on the line here. You know, we can talk till we're blue in the face about who's the Pope and whether Vatican II was valid, all this stuff. But if we don't get that consecration done in the way Our Lady asked for it, we're in the soup. But in the end, her Immaculate Heart will triumph. She told Sister Lucia, the Holy Father will consecrate Russia to me and a period of peace will be given to the world. Uh, so I am looking forward to that day and we need to pray and wear our scapular and now I'll shut up. <laughs> yeah, well, that, that's 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 a perfect um, ending. Uh, yes, it, it is unfortunate that some people don't take Fatima seriously uh, because it certainly is somewhat public. I, I've heard it um, compared to basically the deposit of faith is one thing, but if your mother... If your earthly mother comes and tells you to do something you have to you have to obey it by the fact that there's the fourth commandment the fourth commandment tells us to obey your mother honor your parents right yep. uh so it's not a part of the deposit of faith per se but it, it's if you it comes from that by by a line of reasoning of course um so yes a uh, great way to end the show to emphasize this and uh i don't think there's I, I hope there's not too much of an argument about whether or not we're we're um, we're facing communist dictatorship uh, all around the world, especially in our own beloved U.S. of A. Uh, certainly, communist takeover has been just climbing um, the rungs of power for for decades now. Uh, so, well, let's pray. Let's pray and hope. Don't pray and don't lose hope. So, um, yeah. So, everybody, sign up edmundmazza.com. Let's offer up an Our Father at the end of this show uh, in hope always for the triumph of the Immaculate Heart and, and trusting in God always, never losing hope no matter what happens, facing the death of the church, the de death of the, the body of Christ, just as just as the apostles, Our Lady, Our Lady saw the death of Christ and he was laid in the sepulcher and he was dead, but she did not lose hope. And she, that's why we commemorate her on Saturday, because she was the only Christian on that day on Holy Saturday. So let's let's take refuge in the Immaculate Heart of Mary in that hope that she had on Holy Saturday. Even when everything is lost, everything is dead, everything is laid in the sepulcher, including the church itself. Trusting in the resurrection of Christ and the resurrection of the mystical body of Christ and the triumph of the Immaculate Heart. We have a great feast day this Sunday, which is the Assumption of Mary. The resurrection of Christ is the triumph of God over death, and the assumption of Mary is the triumph of man over death, prefiguring the church's triumph and our own resurrection. Let's pray. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Jesus is King. Amen.